Hello everybody, I'm Ryan from Fireside Yankees, and we're debuting the first episode of Baby Bombers, a Yankees minor league podcast. This show is going to be all about talking about the Yankees farm system, some guys to watch out for, analyzing different affiliates, and projecting some of these guys' roles in 2024 and beyond so that you guys can be up to date on all of your prospect content for the Bronx Bombers. With that being said, you guys can check out our socials at Fireside Yankees on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and of course this YouTube page. And if you enjoy this kind of content, make sure you guys like, comment, subscribe, and turn on that notification bell so you guys don't miss out on our next posts. With that all out of the way, though, let's get started with the debut episode. So we're going to get things started here in the Dominican Summer League. Now, the Dominican Summer League, the DSL Yankees, were one of the best offenses out there. Uh, They finished 5th in OPS, 7th in home runs, 6th in walk rate. They led the league in steals, and they finished 5th overall in runs scored. It was a really, really, really good year for the DSL Yankees offensively. They were headlined by Brando Maia, their top international prospect from the uh, 2022 uh, free agency class. And ultimately, like, they had a really strong year. Now, they were one of the older teams in DSL, so you have to take all of their performance with a grain of salt. But I was really encouraged by the fact they got so many strong performances. Again, Brandon Maia taking that step forward and playing better down the stretch. He had as many walks. He did strikeouts after the month of August and ultimately finished the year with a 113 WRC+. Plus. It's a really good year for him. Um, I think he'll be a really nice, exciting prospect. He's got great athleticism, really good defensive center fielder, great speed, has a great eye at the plate, a good feel for contact as well. Some notable contributors outside of Maya included Gabriel Wara, who was in his age 17 season, played for the New York Bombers, which is one of the two affiliates that they had, put up a 123 WRC plus with a 15.4% walk rate, 401 OBP, again, all in his age 17 season. Definitely very exciting. Gabriel Terrero also played for the New York Bombers, and he put up a 146 WRC+, 13.6% walk rate, 21.6% strikeout rate, 407 on base percentage, 533 selling percentage. He just missed hitting 300. Um, they had some other guys who were a little bit older in the DSL, guys like Josue Gonzalez, who put up a 181 WRC+, plus, but did in his age 19 season. Guys like uh, Santiago Gomez, again, age 19 season, 147 WRC+. Plus. Definitely older than the average player in the DSL. Uh, and we'll see if these guys can kind of jumpstart their uh, professional careers, maybe in the Florida Complex League, where they have an opportunity to be close to that age level. Uh, ultimately, like a really good year for the DSL Yankees on offense, Now, the pitching side of things, not so much. They were not a very good pitching group this past year. And a lot of that had to do with just they had um, not a lot of great, like, bullpen guys. Their depth pitching wasn't great. They had guys like Chaniel Arias, who pitched really well, 237 ERA, 35.3% strikeout rate. Christian Zazueta put up a 329 ERA and a 23.6% strikeout rate. Joshua uh, Quezada put up a, a 369 ERA, excuse me, and a 25% strikeout rate. Mario Salomon, 313 ERA and a uh, 30.9% strikeout rate. A guy that you guys should watch out for, Sabier Marte, put up a 24.9% strikeout rate, a 243 ERA. Pretty good command, only walked 7.7% of batters faced. Didn't allow a single home run in the DSL. Definitely a guy to keep your eyes on. And there are 50 teams in the DSL, so they weren't like the worst pitching staff in the league, but they were certainly in the bottom half. Because they finished with a 5.09 ERA. That was 31st. Uh, They finished 19th in whip at 1.47. They finished 29th in strikeout to walk rate at 1.67. Just not an excellent year for the DSL Yankees pitching-wise. We obviously have limited data on their, like, pitch specs, on their uh, pitch shapes and everything like that. So, we'll have to wait and see on that front. But, 
Ultimately, they were a pretty good team. Like, they finished with an above 60% win rate. They did not qualify for the postseason, but I would consider it a successful year for the DSL. In terms of results, you don't care what the ERA of your pitching prospects are at this stage of their careers. You just care that they're, you know, throwing good pitches and they have good stuff. And there's the upside that with refined mechanics and more experience at the professional level that they end up putting up big numbers. But the position players are really good. That's huge. They were able to get a lot of production there. Athletic group as well. You were able to lead the league in stolen bases. So a really good year for the DSL Yankees. And with that being said, we're going to move up and we're going to go stateside to the Florida Complex League where we get to talk about the FCL Yankees. Now, the Florida Complex League Yankees were arguably their best affiliate. And we're going to talk about some of the contenders for that. They had 32 teams uh, in the Complex League uh, across Arizona and Florida. And they finished second in OPS at 831. Fourth in home runs at 49, 13th in walk rate at 13.9%. They had the lowest strikeout rate in the complex league at 19.9%. The only team in the Florida complex league to have, or in any complex league, Arizona and Florida, to have a strikeout rate below 20%. They were second in stolen base at 129, and they were sixth in runs scored at 367. It was a really good offensive group, and they were headlined by some really, really, really good players. Um, one of the most notable names down there was Roderick Arias, who is a switch-hitting shortstop, put up a 423 OBP, put up a 505 selling percentage, hit a lot of home runs. He probably would have led the team in home runs had he not had his season cut short due to injuries. Um, and there were just a lot of guys to talk about here. I'm really excited to get to the Florida Complex League because this is probably, um, you know, the, the best collection of like young, exciting talent. Um, they had guys like Emmanuel Tejada who led the team in OBP and WRC plus at, um, a 465 OBP and a 152 WRC plus, but Emmanuel Tejada was only 18 years old this past year. Same with Roderick Arias. And both these guys are infielders that should headline the single A Tampa Tarpons next year. Um, we'll talk about that affiliate in a little bit, but some other notable contributors include Hans Montero, 419 OBP, 127 WRC plus, Kyner Delgado, who led all of the complex league in stolen bases at 36 mopped everybody second place with Tejeda who had 24 steals and that's who we just talked about earlier um and Kiner Delgado is a switch hitting infielder 15.1% walk rate 13% strikeout rate walks more than he strikes out that's always encouraging has some pretty good power 192 isolated power is pretty good especially considering he's an undersized guy he is not a very tall dude a really encouraging year for him great speed power combination with again a great sense for the strike zone really good swing decisions here some other notable contributors and, and this guy I wanted to really bring a lot of hype to this guy and that's John Cruz 17 years old this past year led the FCL Yankees in home runs with 10 was the only guy with double digit home runs on the FCL Yankees slash 294 376 531 for a 131 WRC plus he's got a lot of really good projectable tools he's a left-handed hitting outfielder at 63 so he's not even done growing imagine what he could do when he's 18 19 20 with a better feel for his for a 63 frame and a better ability to drive the ball in the air I think this guy could be a really good prospect down the road. If he clicks next year and he somehow gets himself into high A at his age 19 season, I mean, that's that's how you make noise in an organization. And it's by being a teenager who we're talking about in the double A conversation or the high A conversation. And he's got an opportunity to push the envelope here. And so do a lot of guys here. And that offense, like it was just loaded. They had six guys finished with an OBP above 400 minimum 50 play appearances. These guys could hit. These guys got on base. These guys were excellent. And it doesn't shortchange a pitching staff that, look, yes, they had a 4.47 ERA, but that was still the sixth best mark in the FCL. 
They finished with 587 strikeouts. That was third. They finished sixth in strikeout to walk rate. That was at 2.05. They were just an excellent affiliate this past year. And I'm really excited to see what they do. Um, you know, some of the notable contributors they had there on the pitching side of the ball include Henry Lane, who could arguably be the Yankees' best pitching prospect down the road. Um, Carlos LaGrange, who led the Florida Complex League in strikeouts. He's a huge guy as well. Both he and Lane are 6'7", and they are just freaks of nature, right? Like, Lane gets freakish extension. Then LaGrange, right-handed, throws 99 miles an hour. It's free and easy gas for him. He just has an unbelievable fastball. He just throws the crap out of it. Some other guys who performed well at this level include Miguel Pozo, who was 21 years old, put up a 188 ERA. Sure with walks, but was able to prevent runs at an elite clip. Um, they had guys like Luis Serna, who you expect a little bit more out of, but dealt with injuries. 419 ERA, 27.1% strikeout rate. Still only 18 years old. There's plenty of time for him to get the ball rolling. Um, you know, we talked about Chad Olarias. He really struggled down here. Alan Fasundo, who put up a 237 ERA, 31.7% strikeout rate across 30 and a third innings, finished second on the team in innings pitched. Um, and again, like the guy you look at at this level and say this guy could be a star uh, on the pitching side of things is Henry Lalane. I-, I think he has star potential as a pitcher, uh, and the Yankees should be very excited about him. And overall, a really good year for the FCL Yankees. They finished, uh, I think, with the best record in the Florida Complex League and then proceeded to lose in the championship round. Uh, they did not repeat as champions. They were the reigning Florida Complex League champions. It's a great pipeline of young talent, and there were not a lot of guys who repeated their levels, so it wasn't like they were a returning team. This was a team with a lot of new guys, new faces, a lot of DSL guys, and they flat out crushed the competition this year. So again, a really encouraging year for the FCL Yankees. Now, moving on to single A, we've got the Tampa Tarpons, who... Their manager is no longer Rachel Balkovich, and I want to congratulate her on becoming the director of player development for the Miami Marlins. Uh, She's going to be excellent there, and I'm really excited to see how the Miami Marlins plan to include her uh, in their future plans and, and, you know, what they are able to produce in the upcoming years. They just hired the Rays GM to be the president of baseball operations, so they've got a pretty smart nucleus there that's forming, and excited to see her be a part of it. But focusing back on the offense here, um, they finished 8th in OPS, 1st in home runs, 10th in runs scored, 8th lowest strikeout rate, 2nd best walk rate. So when you just kind of delve into, alright, what did they do well? They hit home runs, they walked a lot, they didn't strike out a ton. When you do those three things really well, I feel good about you um, as an affiliate. Now, they did have some older guys play down there. Christopher Familia was 23 years old. Austin Wells spent some time there, though he struggled. Uh, ben Rice actually got to rehab a little bit there, and he was really good for them. But for the most part, they had some really steady contributors during the year as well. Anthony Hall logged 272 play appearances for them before being called up to high A and put up a 127 WRC+. plus. The aforementioned Christopher Familia put up a 255 WRC+, plus for them in 95 play appearances. Jose Calamares in his age 21 season put up a 160 WRC+, plus for them. He had a 410 OBP and a 564 slugging percentage. Nelson Medina, who actually ended the year in AAA, he went straight from single A to AAA. We'll talk about some of the issues AAA had in that regard. Uh, he put up a 132 WRC+. Plus. 30.2% strikeout rate, not great, but the 380 OBP and ability to just hammer the baseball, those are always going to catch people's eyes. Um, Jared Sereno is probably the most consistent contributor all year. 443 play appearances, a 123 WRC+, plus, steady guy all around, playing in the Mexican Winter League right now, learned how to play some left field and has looked really good there, so that's really encouraging. This is the age 21 season. Omar Martinez had a 445 selling percentage and 122 WRC+. Plus. Uh, in his age 21 season, Jesus Rodriguez, who we're going to talk about in high eight, because this guy didn't get enough love. He was in his age 21 season, 
Crushed it in single A in 348 play appearances. 121 WRC plus. A hit over power kind of guy. Not really the type of dude who's going to hit 20 home runs, but he walks a good amount. 10.9% walk rate. Doesn't strike out a lot. 14.9% strikeout rate. And he would go up to high A and he would crush in high A. Again, we're going to talk about high A in a little bit, but a 172 WRC plus in 25 games there. He did finish the year with only nine home runs in 109 games played, but he hit 310, stole 21 bases, had a 399 OBP and a 134 WRC plus. This is a guy to keep an eye on so keep your eyes on him he looked really good this year uh and an underrated guy in the organization augustin ramirez who made it all the way up to double a this year in his age 21 year he put up a 117 wrc plus really good batted ball data struggled to keep the ball in the air consistently but the ability to make good contact the ability to make consistent contact and work walks definitely very encouraging for the new york yankees um but offensively they were just very stout they had a couple of recently drafted players also hit the organization george lombard jr spent some time there rock riggio kiko romero um josh moylan they had a lot of just like recently drafted guys make it up there um and yeah like it was a pretty good offensive affiliate but the pitching side of the ball that's where they lacked they were not a very good pitching staff they finished in 26th in era out of 30 affiliates Fifth in strikeouts, which is great, but 23rd in walks. So in terms of strikeouts walk rate, they were only 19th. In terms of whip, they were 23rd. Like, it was just not a good year for their pitching staff. Um, but some notable contributors included Brock Selvage, 20 years old, 77 and a third innings pitched down here, 21.5% strikeout rate, a 3.38 ERA. Again, really solid fastball, great slider. This guy's left-handed, was, you know, a guy that the Yankees have, you know, coveted and, and they drafted out of high school and had kind of like, slowly built him up for a bigger role and, and now he's ready for that role and look he could be in double a next year like this guy could be a 21 year old left-hander in double a it doesn't get more exciting than that than that and uh you know i'm really excited to see his development Geoffrey gilbert was a reliever for the team he struck out 28.3 percent of batters face but struggled with walks kind of like everybody else at this level um 292 era 342 fip um yolan caldrone also performed really well here a 307 era 21.5% strikeout to walk rate. That's really good. That's tied um, with Brock Selvage for the second best mark of the team. Minimum 50 innings pitched. Um, he put up a 3.60 FIP. Didn't walk a lot of guys. Got a good amount of strikeouts. Was really solid for the uh, single-A Yankees this past year. Has a sinker slider mix. Doesn't throw him like overwhelmingly hard. It's more 91 to 92. But hopefully with age and more development, he can get more to 92-93. Where that lower slot release and that sinker slider combination can definitely throw hitters off. Some other guys that performed well include Matt Keating, struck out 31.6% of batters faced, a 364 ERA. Justin Lange wasn't great, but I think he'll be a pretty good reliever because he struggled a lot as a starter with command. He's only 21 years old, and his stuff just profiles well for the bullpen. 34.3% strikeout rate, a 186 average against. Those are like great, um, but then you look at the walk rate, 16.4% walk rate. That's going to result in that ugly 458 ERA, but ultimately... Again, like they didn't perform very well as a team, below 500. Probably their worst performing affiliate. I think it was their worst performing affiliate in terms of win-loss record. Um, but again, they're going to have a lot of talent coming in with the Florida Complex League Yankees. That team is on their way and, and they could look pretty damn good at this level. Moving on to high A, we have the Hudson Valley Renegades who went to the championship round. And similarly to the Florida Complex League Yankees, they were also, unfortunately, uh, knocked out in the championship game. I think they lost to the Greensboro-Greenville Drive, which are the Red Sox affiliate. Um, some of their best performers include Aaron Polensky, who was unbeatable for them. He, he started the year with the high Hudson Valley Renegades, puts about 209 WRC plus, and they had no choice but to call him up and send him to double A. Ben Rice was there for a little bit, 205 WRC plus, 
559 OBP, like he, he tore up that level. He was just working a bunch of walks and, and he had a decent amount of power too. Augustine Ramirez was here for a little bit, 121 play appearances, dominated the level, 204 WRC plus. So you had three guys who just like, they were there, they had their cup of coffee, they dominated and the Yankees just showed them up to double A. Um, he put up a 430 OBP here and a 714 selling percentage. Just ridiculous. Jesus Rodriguez, who we talked about earlier, came up 172 WRC+. Plus. He would finish the year at this level. Caleb Durbin got off to a pretty good start. A 151 WRC+, plus and a 464 WRC+. Plus. He was quickly shuttled up to double A as well. Christopher Familia landed up here after having a really good year in single A, which we just talked about. And he was able to display some really good power. 208 isolated power, 472 slug, 117 WRC+, plus looked better as he was uh, acclimating to the level. I think this is a guy who could be really good for them. Some other guys who were here, obviously Spencer Jones was the most frequented player at this level in terms of play appearances. A 114 WRC+, plus. he looked really good at times. Cooled off after a hot start. Things are working on some stuff with him mechanically, but he stole over 40 bases between single high A and double A. He has an excellent feel for center field. Great defensive player out there. Spencer Jones has the makings to potentially be a superstar, but it's just a question of whether the bat will come around or not. Benjamin Cowles, similarly to Nelson Medina, had um, been called up straight to double triple a without going to double a he had a 27.5 percent strikeout rate uh 356 obp a 109 wrc plus he would actually play in the arizona complex league and he played pretty well jared serena came up here put up a 105 wrc plus in his cup of coffee 350 obp looked pretty good here didn't hit for as much power but ultimately like very encouraged by the numbers he put up down here they weren't a dominant offense they finished 11th in ops 8th in home runs 9th in runs scored they were pretty poor in terms of plate discipline 21st in strikeout rate and 19th in walk rate but they were able to score enough runs again we finished top 10 run scored you're doing something right and the highlight of this team high hudson valley just had a factory they had a factory of just unbelievable pitching talent to come through here drew thorpe 281 era 32.4 strikeout rate 24.6 percent strikeout to walk rate he led the team in innings pitch and basically in every notable metric chase hampton had a very brief stay here because he struck out 40.5 percent of batters phase of the 268 era and was quickly sent up to double a juan corella 367 era a 31.1 strikeout rate Zach Messinger put up a 26.5% strikeout rate and a 4.36 ERA. Wasn't a great year for him, but got a lot of swings and misses. Maybe the Yankees view him more as a reliever down the road. Jack Neely, you know, 203 ERA, strikes up 39.2% of batters faced. Harrison Cohen, 29.1% strikeout rate, a 3.86 ERA. Clay Aguilar, a 34.1% strikeout rate and a 2.25 ERA. Bailey Dees puts up a uh, 174 ERA across a uh, 41 and a third innings pitch at 36.6% strikeout rate. Ryan Anderson, a 316 ERA at 29.1% strikeout rate. Watson, a 174, a 148 ERA, excuse me, and a 39% strikeout rate. These guys were just dominant. They were just a dominant pitching staff. They finished first in ERA at a 3.62. They finished first in strikeouts at 1,420. They finished first in whip at 120. They finished fourth in strikeouts to walk rate. They did have some command issues, but that's fine because they were, again, the best team at preventing runs and the best team at preventing base runners. So they were excellent. Like, this was just an excellent pitching staff. There's no reason to believe why they can't continue to produce great pitchers. Even towards the tail end, right? Like they had Brock Selvage and Jackson Fristo and, and Brandon Beck as kind of like their main guys to end the season. For Brock Selvage, he put up a uh, 3.58 ERA and a 3.25 FIP. He struck out 21.7% of batters faced, 6.6% walk rate. A lot of ground balls, not a lot of home runs. Looked excellent there. Could be, again, a guy that we see in double A next year. Um, you know, unfortunately for Brandon Beck, he didn't get to start in the postseason because he had uh, more elbow issues. 
issues, even though he was excellent there. 29.2% strikeout rate and a 1.74 ERA. Um, and then as for uh, Jackson Fristo, he didn't participate with the team in the regular season. He was called up from single A for the postseason, and he had a really good playoff start. Four innings, five strikeouts. Um, you know, he looked really good. Really good four-seam fastball, 18.7 inches of, of carry in single A. Good cutter, hard cutter, like the, the pitch mix is pretty good. But again, a really good year for the Hudson Valley Renegades. They were able to hang on and even win a playoff series, even after losing a lot of their talent late in the year. But Hudson Valley deserves shouts in this as well. Hudson Valley, Florida Complex League, those are the two, like, were these the best affiliates for the Yankees? But the team that kind of had this crown, I felt like, entering this year was the AA Somerset Patriots. And they might still have that crown. They were second in OPS, first in home run, sixth in run scored. Third best walk rate, seventh lowest strikeout rate. They were headlined by guys that they had Ben Rice in the Somerset. He put up a whopping 182 WRC plus, a 1.049 OPS, a 649 slugging percentage, an 18.9% strikeout rate, a 9.5% walk rate. He was stupidly good for them. Everson Pereira came through the system. He was there to open the year 145 WRC plus. Had Tyler Hardman not gotten hurt, he would have probably led double A in home runs. He had a 136 WRC plus. Eric Wagaman, 142, right? Uh, Brandon Lockridge, 145. Grant Richardson, 190 in, in a brief cup of coffee there. Jesus Bastidas, 130. Josh Bro, 129. Mickey Gasper, 129. Caleb Durbin, a guy who came up from high A, 129. Carlos Narvaez, who opened the year as their catcher because Austin Wells was hurt and found his way in AAA and on the Yankees 40-man roster. He put up a 122 WRC+. Plus. Trey Sweeney, who's no longer with the organization. He was traded in a package for Jorbit Vivas and Victor Gonzalez. He was here. He put up a 118 WRC+. Plus. Jason Minguez, who found himself in the major leagues, put up a 118 WRC+. Plus. Austin Wells, a 108 WRC+. Plus. He found himself in the major leagues as well. Late season call-ups include guys like Spencer Jones, who put up a 104 WRC+. Plus. Eric Polensky, who struggled, 99 WRC+. Plus. Augustine Ramirez, he really struggled, 62 WRC+. Plus. If you look at just the depth, and, and Eli Fishman came on the podcast early in the offseason and talked about this. They had 10 different guys, 10, hit 10 or more home runs. That speaks to just how deep this lineup was. Really encouraging year for the Somerset Patriots. Again, like they have a lot of the Yankees' best farm system talent, and they're going to continue to get that part of the organization because this is considered the toughest level, and to excel here it is really impressive. So we'll see how some of these guys continue to translate, but on the pitching side of the ball, they weren't slouches either because they were first in ERA, and they were third in strikeouts, and they were fifth in strikeouts to walk rate, and they were also first in whip. So really good here as well. Richard Fitz spent all year with Somerset. He struck out 163 batters, which was a Somerset best, I think an Eastern League best. He had 152 and two-third innings pitched, 27 starts, 3-4-8 ERA. He was part of the trade for uh, Alex Redugo. He's with the Boston Red Sox now. Matt Sawyer plucked in the Rule 5 draft, 83 strikeouts, 3-4-2 ERA, and 68 and a third innings pitched. He's now with the Kansas City Royals organization. Yorgis Gomez, who we saw at the Major League level for about two innings last year, uh, he had 78 strikeouts and a 3-5-8 ERA and 65 and a third innings pitched. Struggled with walks, but really good stuff here. Clayton Beater started the year out there, 208 ERA, 76 strikeouts and 16 to third innings pitched. Again, struggled with command, but his stuff can be pretty good. He's got a wipeout slider. He could be a guy who factors into the Yankees' bullpen this year because he's already on the 40-man roster. Tanner Myatt was a really underrated reliever for them. He not only picked up seven saves, but he had 57 innings pitched with 69 strikeouts and a 2.84 ERA. Chase Hampton found his way into AA this past year, performed admirably. It wasn't great. It was a mixed bag. He slowed down towards the end of the year. 
Command didn't look great. It wasn't sharp. Um, it looked like he just kind of ran out of gas. He had a 4.37 ERA and 68 strikeouts. Edgar Barclay. I mean, talk about guys who just kind of came out of nowhere and performed. 34 innings pitched, 51 strikeouts, 1.32 ERA. Uh, Drew Thorpe. This guy didn't come out of nowhere. This guy, red hot in high A, comes into double A and is just on a tear. 44 strikeouts to five walks in 30 and a third innings pitched, a 1.48 ERA. Danny Watson, 43 strikeouts in 38 and a third innings pitched. He picked up five saves and he pitched in 30 games for them. Uh, Will Warren was an early season call-up to AAA. He only made five, six starts with them, 29 and a third innings pitched, 39 strikeouts, a 2.45 ERA. Um, Bailey Dees, 18 strikeouts in 21 and a third innings. He struggled there. Um, there were so there were just a lot of really nice pitchers to come through the organization here. Jack Neely also was here for a little bit. Ryan Anderson, a 101 ERA in 20, 26 and a third innings pitched with 27 strikeouts. They just had a really good pitching staff, a lot of quality arms. And ultimately, like Somerset, they were a wagon. They finished first in the Eastern League in terms of win-loss record. Unfortunately, they got swept in the first round of the postseason, but it's not shocking that they underperformed in October or in September, I guess, late September. Um, they didn't have Chase Hampton. He was shut down. They didn't have Drew Thorpe. He was hurt. They didn't have Will Warren. He was in AAA. They didn't have Clayton Beater. He was in AAA. They didn't have Yohanjis Gomez. He was in the major leagues. It is what it is. They're, they were the reigning uh, Eastern League champions. I expect them to remain highly competitive next year, but... A really good year for the organization in AA. You finish second in OPS and first in, in uh, ERA. You're doing something right. Um, and our last affiliate, the last affiliate we get to talk about. And they had a very weird year. Because, like, there just wasn't a lot of opportunity for the good players in AAA to play good for an extended period of time and keep them afloat. They were 15th in OPS. They were 4th in home runs scored. Uh, home runs. They were 21st in runs scored. 17th in walk rate. 27th in strikeout rate. Not a great offense, but again, like let's kind of circle back to, all right, who are their best hitters? Uh, Esteban Floreal didn't finish the year with the team. Uh, he had the, the lead in home runs for them at 28. Andre Chaparro was there all year, same as Jeremy Westbrook. Oswald Peraza only played 63 games for them because the Yankees kept calling him up and down. Francesco Cordero was really good in AAA, but kept call, getting sent up and down. Um, Jake Bowers was like their best hitter to open the year, and the Yankees had to call him up and keep him up with the team all year. Bill McKinney, same situation. Everson Pereira shows up, puts up a 132 WRC+. Plus. The Scranton Rail Riders are hot. They're getting into playoff contention. He and Austin Wells are playing well. They even get Jason Dominguez in the tail end of that. And they called all of those players up by September. So it wasn't shocking. Like, they had to call up guys from single A and high A to fill out roster spots for them. Um, some of those guys include players like Nelson Medina. It's just a matter of they didn't get a lot of their really good hitters to stick. And because of it, they were a middle-of-the-pack offense. Now, in a world where they maybe had an opportunity to keep some of those guys longer term, they might have performed better. But part of that is because of how bad the Yankees were position player-wise at the major league level. Anybody that could perform had to come up. And, and, and that's the reality of, of having a bad major league year for your position players. So it's it, AAA is the organization or the affiliate that's always going to get plucked of their best talent. It is what it is. Winning at the major league level is just more important than winning at the AAA level. But on the pitching side of things, they had to, they got an opportunity to keep a lot of their guys down there because the Yankees didn't need a lot of, um, you know, their bullpen arms or even starting pitchers. Like, a lot of their guys got opportunities to just kind of develop and work their way up there. Um, they were 6th in ERA, 6th in total strikeouts, 7th in walks, 5th in strikeouts to walk rate, 3rd in whip. They were excellent. If you look at some of their best pitching, Mitch Spence, who's on the Oakland Athletics organization, he was plucked in the Rule 5 draft. A 4-4-7 ERA across 163 innings pitched with a one with 153 strikeouts. They might say a 4-4-7 ERA, Ryan, that's not good. Well, in the International League, which is where they pitched, 
The average ERA was 5.18, so he actually had a much better ERA than the average pitcher in the International League. Another guy who was really good for them, and arguably their best pitcher, was Will Warren. He struck out 110 batters, 99 and two-third innings pitched, a 3.61 ERA, goes 7-4. His stuff plus was the best in AAA, minimum 500 uh, pitches thrown. His pitching plus, again, also the best under the same qualifications. Great slider, excellent sinker, better forcing fastball, improved field that pitch, solid changeup, can pitch to lefties and righties now, keeps the ball on the ground, can attack the zone when need be. He is an excellent pitcher. He is somebody who's going to factor into the Yankees major league equation for sure this year. Randy Vasquez was there for a good bit. He had 96 strikeouts, made 17 starts, a 4-5-90 ERA. He obviously played for the major league team and was traded for Juan Soto. Clayton Beater had a 4-9-4 ERA. 89 strikeouts in 71 innings is great, but 44 walks and 15 home runs, that's not great. He's going to have to work on quality of contact prevention and work on his command. Tanner Tully, who's a career minor leaguer, is back with the organization after departing midseason for the KBO. He wasn't very effective, a 5-6-4 ERA and 91 innings pitched and 77 strikeouts. Um, some of the relievers who performed well here include Matt Crook, who didn't allow a single home run here, but got bombed at the major league level. He had 55 strikeouts in 27 games played with a 1-3-2 ERA. Greg Weiser, a 2-9-0 ERA in 40 innings pitched. He's now with the Boston Red Sox. He had 58 strikeouts and was their primary closer. I believe he led the team in saves at 10. That is correct. Um, they had Nick Ramirez come up. He had a 3-3-2 ERA in AAA and then performed really well with the Major League team. He has minor league options, so I wonder if the Yankees kind of keep him around, option him to AAA, and hope of hope to use him as depth. Jo- Johnny Brito was down here for a little bit. 36 in the third innings pitched, a 5-4-5 ERA. Uh, 33 strikeouts was not very effective here. Was much more effective at the Major League level. Um, but ultimately, really good, really good pitching staff considering the run environment there, and a really good year for them. Like, I, given all the the adversity they had to overcome. They were in the playoff hunt at times, um, but overall, as an organization, they were really good top to bottom at the minor league level. Not necessarily at the major league level, but at the minor league level, they had a lot of really good talent. Their farm system probably ranked somewhere in the top 10, probably in the back half of the top 10. You could argue more for that 12 to 13 range, now that they've traded Drew Thorpe. Um, but they had a lot of really exciting prospects come through. I'm really excited to see what some of the next talent they have coming up. You have guys like George Labar Jr., Henry Lane, Carlos LaGrange, a lot of their Florida Complex League guys. We're going to get full season experience next year, and we'll see how they perform. But let us know what you guys think about the debut episode of the Bronx Bombers podcast. This was our first episode, a longer episode because it's a season review, but we hope you guys enjoyed today's video. And if you did, make sure you guys like, comment, subscribe, and check out our other social pages on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Facebook, and of course this YouTube page. You guys can check out EmpireSportsMedia.com where we'll have some more exciting prospect content being unveiled there. Um, and of course you guys can check me out at Ryan Garcia ESM on Twitter. We appreciate you guys so much for sticking through for the end of this video. Again, this is a longer video. We understand it's a longer watch. But with that being said, we'll see you guys in the next one. Peace out everybody.